If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text, which will be found this morning in Galatians 1. It's Galatians 1, verses 15 and 16. Very happy to be back this week. We blessed our vacation. We come back safe. To him be all glory for that and all the blessings he revealed to us on that trip. Our text this morning, though, is Galatians 1, 15 and 16. It reads this way. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Let us pray. O oh Lord, how great thou art. I thank thee, Lord, and I praise thy name. I thank you, Lord, for thy faithfulness and bringing my family back from vacation this week and watching over us. Thank you, Lord, for thy faithfulness to bring those here today that thou art pleased to be here. I thank thee, Lord, for thy sustaining grace. I thank thee, Lord, that in this nation and world that is very sick, that you are our divine physician, that you are the healer, you are the one who watches over thy people, you are the health and sustenance of our soul. I pray, O Lord, in this hour that thou would come with power and speak in our soul. Speak to us, Lord, that we would know your voice, and we would hear no voices of our own or from anyone else, but Lord, that we would know and hear and understand thy voice, that you are pleased to reveal thyself. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. In this portion of scripture, my Bible, when it gets to this section that begins in verse 11, has a heading. And the heading reads, Paul's authority of divine origin. That's what my Bible says. I read that and I thought about that and I thought, wow. Paul's authority was of divine origin. I mean, it came from above. It's born from above. And I thought about that deeply this morning. And this week, as we was on vacation, about authority. Who is that authority in our life? You know, when you're, when you're not working and you're away and you can read the headlines a lot more, which is not a blessing, um, you see that in this world today, authority is something that's not recognized. People are their own authorities. They do what's right in their own eyes. They seem to not have anything or any fear of God in them at all. And people go about to establish this cause or that cause. And, and that's their authority. This is the reason we do what we do. It's my authority. It's the reason I get up in the morning. It's the reason I go to work. It's the reason I live the way that I do. And I want to know this morning, and I, I pray that the focus of the message this morning and the subject is... Who is our authority? What is the reason you get up every morning? What is the reason or who is the reason you go to work? You take care of your home. Even deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. Who is your authority when you go out into that world? Who is the authority that you answer to? Who makes you to stand in his truth? Who makes you to be silent? In his truth. Who calls you to go where he sends you? 
By whose authority do we live? I want that to be in the forefront of your mind this morning as we read how the Lord came to Paul and how he revealed himself to Paul because Paul is no different than any saint that has ever walked on this earth. Any saint. All the way from the beginning, all the way through this book, all the way to this day and all into the future until time is no more. Every saint of God will be revealed Christ this way. This way. And we'll examine that this morning. And Christ reveals himself as the authority in your life. Let's pick up right here in verse 11. Paul says something to the church at Galatia. He says, I certify you. But I certify you. I authenticate what I have to say. I'm not lying. What I'm about to tell you is the absolute truth. You could find out from anyone that knows me. You could examine my life. And that's our first examination this morning. As we think we know ourselves and we think we know who our authority is. Do we have that authority of Christ in our soul that says, I certify to you and anyone who sees me to examine my life to see if this is true. To see if it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Paul says for him, it is. He says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me, which God gave me, was not after man. And he's going to elaborate what that means. I remember, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long now that I've been preaching the gospel and when the Lord revealed himself to me in such a way to preach him, um, I know that in the early part of my ministry, I formed a lot of what I had to say based on saints that came before me or people who said this about the Lord or, or this one had this testimony. And that's good in its own sense, but that's their testimony. I can't take their testimony and say that's my testimony. Not in what we say, how we learn in school or what we learn in college or seminary or wherever it is we sat. That's learning in a carnal way. Paul's going to show us and reveal this morning that he didn't learn in a carnal way. Not the second time. Not once his eyes were opened and his ears were given. Once he was given life. Now he says, now I know what learning is. But he says, I certify what was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, we've all read books. We've all read things that other people have written. And we've been blessed by them. We've heard things that other people say. We've heard the preached word. And we can be blessed by them. But I certify to you today that your soul can only be taught of the Lord. That's what Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 54, 3. He says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of thy children. And that gives us an identifying fruit of the spirit that comes with Christ's teaching in the soul. Comes with Many people, as you turn the TV on today and they're sitting under others who are leading them into demonstrations 
or leading them into protest or leading them into a way of life don't seem to be at peace. Don't seem to have peace. They have rage. They have uncontrollable lust and, and the flesh must act itself out. But when Christ comes to the soul, this is our first qualifying mark this morning, the fruit of the Spirit, of Christ's Spirit. He comes to the child of God when He instructs them and He instructs them in peace. What He entreats us is peaceable. The peaceable fruits of His righteousness. So Paul said, I've learned it only by the revelation of Jesus Christ. John said in John 6, 45, it is written in the prophets and they shall all be taught of God. That's what Paul is saying this morning. Because as we go on a little bit more, he says in 13, he says, for you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. You understand that I had a past where I was very vocal. You heard what I had to say then. I was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. I was, according to the law, I was blameless. I kept everything. I was somebody who was very zealous in religion. And I was very zealous in the, the assembly of those people there. I won't call them a church. I was very zealous, he said, in, in the Jews' religion. How that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. I laid waste to it. I, I hailed against it. I railed against it. I, I did everything in my power to stop the church of God. And Paul says later, I did it ignorantly, but I did it with such a zeal and a power that I believed what I did, I was doing for God. Understand that this morning, as the Lord reveals to us what Peter meant when he said, give your diligence to call uh, of your calling making your calling and election sure. That's what I meant. Is the fruit of Christ in you? What is it that Christ reveals to you? Is it peace in what He's done? Is it peace in the finished work of Christ? Or do you have this compartmentalized part of you that Paul had, and I stress the word had, that was religious in all the duties that he did? And all that he was known of and all of his conversation. This is Saul. This is the one who did this. Oh, he learned so much. He knew so much about others. And that's what he tells us in 14. He profited it in the Jews' religion. And they profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation. I was exalted to a high place that everybody looked at me like I knew what I was talking about. They looked and studied how I lived. They looked and studied what I had to say. And they knew I was a religious zealot. They knew that what I had to say and the cause that I fought for in my eyes was just. And he profited that way. I want you to understand that. In man's religion, there's a lot of profitability in the man's world. In man's world. There's no soul profitability. That's what Paul's saying. There's nothing that can be done in the soul by sitting at the feet of Gamaliel or hearing any man or listening to any man or following any man. Nothing. Nothing will ever touch your soul. That's a bunch of religious rubbish. That's what that is. Paul later would call it waste and dung. All of it. I forsook all of it. 
But how? By the power of one to overcome the strong man, who overcome the stronger man, the stronger one in him at that moment was the flesh. Christ came and subdued the flesh. And Christ came and put it down. Christ came and revealed to Paul the new man, the man of glory that's in Christ Jesus. And dear ones, that's the only way that we can have this testimony. It's the only way that our testimony is Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And as we're an open epistle read by all men, it's the only thing that separates us from the causes that are in this life today. We hear them every day. Everyone's got their own special interest in their own cause, whether it's political or religious or social, whatever it is. The voice today is like no other time I've ever been alive. Voices are just heard everywhere. Everyone's got an opinion. Everybody wants to be heard. The things I see sometimes on the headlines, this person said that. I'm like, that's the best we got for news today? Do we care what these people have to say about this movement or that movement? I hope not. I hope your soul doesn't. Your soul should desire Christ because it's what he says. That's what Paul's saying this morning. I profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. That's the way I learned religion, Paul said. I sat where my daddy sat, and his daddy sat, and his daddy sat. And they learned religion. And they learned the conversation. And Paul said, that got me profitability with religious man. Religious man looked at me and said, wow, Paul, you're really someone. Or Saul at that time. And that's the background. When Paul, like I said, this section is establishing the authority that Paul had to speak the gospel and where it was founded upon and what gave Paul the right to stand in front of man and to preach the gospel. And that's the same thing I'd ask you today. What gives you the right to stand in your home and pray to this Lord? What gives you the right to go out into the marketplace and to keep your mouth shut and to obey authority over you? What gives you the right or who gives you the right to stand in the marketplace and speak the name of Christ above all, any other name in this world? What gives you that right? Paul is telling you what gives him the right. And all that stuff that we just read and talked about, he said, I've left behind. It's nothing to me. Because now we come to our text and we have that first word, but. It's that altering word. It, it just turns the way that we're walking and the way that we're speaking, and this is the way things were, but. There's many buts with God. God turns the way a man is going, and when he comes, and he comes in the day of his power, when he comes in the day of his power, there's a but. But the way that I was walking, the way that I, I was who I was, that's nothing to me. And that's what Paul said here. But, but when it pleased God, 
you know there is a set time that the Lord favors his people. How do I know that? Well, that's what David wrote in Psalm 102, 13. He said, thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. There is a set time in a believer's life that the Lord comes with power. And that's not the day of regeneration. That is certainly a day that the Lord comes. But we are still, still today, even after being born again, in dire need to hear the voice of the shepherd. In dire need every day to hear his voice of wisdom, his voice of instruction, his voice in the way to go. Because we're ignorant of that. Paul said, but when it pleased God. Whoa, what a qualifying word. And then notice how, I mean, what is the cause of all of this? The pleasure of God. It was the pleasure of God. It was his will to bring forth this work in Paul. It was his desire to bring forth his son in Paul at this time. Paul said, I was walking in this one direction. I was doing all of these religious things. And according to man, I was really high up. And I was really esteemed. And I was really well thought of. But none of that pleased God. But when it did please God, there was a time that Zion was favored. And when that time came, the Lord revealed himself. And with you and I, every day of our life, there is a set time for the Lord to reveal himself to us. It may not be every day. It may be every other day. It may be. But I will tell you this. If you are ever to have any thought of this almighty God, if you are to ever have any peace in this almighty God, if you are ever to have any love, if you are ever to have any faith, it must begin with him. It does begin. That is his set time to favor you with his presence. But when it pleased God, Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 5 and 9, he said, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Let those words sing. To himself. We've adopt, been adopted. It pleased the Lord to adopt us, to take us out of that line, that fallen race in Adam to reveal his son in us having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will that's the reason the good pleasure of his will verse 9 says having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself so what pleases the Lord is himself what pleases the triune god is his work what pleases the lord is to reveal himself to his people we all know philippians 2 13 says for it is god which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure that will to do that will to have a will that will to work in us is the pleasure of the Almighty God. It's His 
pleasure. It's according to his good pleasure. It's according to his plan of salvation for every individual person in here and the church corporate as he has revealed them to be. So Paul, as he's profiting in this life, the Lord said, today is the day to favor you. Our reason now would tell us, well, wait a minute. Wasn't Paul favored before? You mean all these people revered him and loved him and thought what he did was great and hung on every word he had to say? Isn't that what we want in this life? Isn't that what we want people to look at us and esteem us above men and to tell us how great we are? Isn't that what we want? Not if Christ is in you. Christ wants to reveal his glory. Christ desires to reveal himself. It's his will to do so to his church, to his people. But when it pleased God, when it pleased the Lord Jesus Christ, when it pleased the Holy Spirit, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. That it's by grace we are saved. It is by his unfathomable, unmeasurable grace. Who separate, who predestinated me to receive that day of grace. Days of grace. It pleased him to reveal himself to me in that moment. In the next moment. In the moment after that as it pleases him. I think in every minister, according to Paul here, as well as us, we, we desire that what the Lord gives us, that the sheep would be fed, that they would hear the Savior's voice, the shepherd's voice. Every day, every time we're up here, we can't produce that. We can't wake you out of slumber. We can't reveal Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he can. He is faithful and just to do so. Peter said about this great grace in 1 Peter 5.10. He said, but the God of all grace. Who has called us unto eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Think about this. It's a very full verse. The God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. No one else. If you have eternal glory, you will have it in Christ Jesus. You will have it by Christ Jesus. You will have it revealed by Christ Jesus. After ye have suffered a while. That is our lot in this life to suffer. We have this body of sin that will always decay. We have this body of sin that works against us every day. We have a world that's against us every day, against Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have sin that eats away at our members. We suffer. We suffer hardship. We suffer persecution at the hands of man. We suffer when our body breaks down. After we've suffered a while. That a while is appointed of God. It's sovereign. 
It has an end to it too. The end is always in Christ Jesus. The hope of glory. The healer. The life of the child of God. After you have suffered a while, make you perfect. This is what grace does. Makes us perfect in Christ who's perfect. We need nothing else. Makes us whole. We don't need anything else. We don't need an external justification or an external sanctification or other love or other faiths. We need Him. We need Him as our justification. We need Him as our sanctification. We need Him as our love. Him as our peace. Him as our revealer. Makes you perfect, establishes, strengthens, and settles you. Why? Because of his good pleasure. Because it pleased him to do so. It pleased him that salvation must come by him. And why, why is it we always or have to accentuate this point over and over? Because our fallen nature always gravitates to works. Always gravitates to God. Look what I've done. That's what Paul said. That's the way I used to be. I used to strive to be what that was to man. I used to strive to be thought well of. I used to strive and I I put a feather in my cap every time. People loved me. They said, oh, what a great person this Paul is. Look what he's doing for, for the church. Look what he's doing for us. They didn't call it the church. They called it the synagogue. called it the religion. They called it whatever it is they no, it's not the true church. Paul's an active member. A very active member. A very well thought of member. And that's when it pleased man. And that's when it pleased himself. But when it pleased God, all of that was put under his feet. Under God's feet, under Christ's feet that's reigning, and under his, the elect sinners feet by him oh when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace and that grace as we've already said is complete gift of God there's no creature involved in it at all other than to receive for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And by that grace, by that grace that's in Christ Jesus, we have access. We have access to everything our Joseph has in his storehouse. We have access to everything our Heavenly Father has that he has placed in, the, in his son's hands for his church. We have everything that Christ has finished and perfected for us to be applied to us. To be given to us freely. Romans 5, 1 and 2, Paul wrote, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. He gives us His faith to accept His grace, which is a gift, and imputes that to us. 
not found in us. The faith is not found in us. We can't apprehend Christ and pull him down anytime we want him. We can't quicken our soul. We can't lift our soul out of mire. We can't lift it out of declension. But he can. And he does. And he is faithful and just. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Oh, this grace is deep. This grace is what we have given to us as gift. We have access to it and it reigns in our life. That's what Paul is saying. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and he called me by his grace, grace is reigning in my life now. Not that flesh. Not that where I once was. This is what's reigning in my life. The grace of Christ. Romans 5.21 He said that as sin has reigned unto death even so might grace reign through the righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. We reign with Him today. Oh, it doesn't feel like it, does it? Do you feel beaten? Do you feel cast down? Do you feel many days just distraught? Do you look at the headlines? Do you read things? Do you look at this world and say, Oh Lord, how much more? How much more can I take? Because we always bring it to ourselves. Not what's in the front to our God. But oh, how, much, how tired I am of this. I'm so tired of hearing this. I'm wary of it, Lord. What about through His eyes? How does He look at the rebellion of man? What about you and I? How does he look at us today about how we look at it? Oh, give us the mind of Christ to see what he sees. Justice is in Christ. Mercy is in Christ. Then we go to 16. See, here's what grace does. This is the power of grace in the soul. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and he called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. The grace of Christ reveals the son of God in you. Not outside of you, not in a book, not in someone else's life, not in a good man that he was and these miracles that he did. He reveals himself as life. The way, the truth, and the life in your soul. Your soul. Your soul is communicating with Him. Yes, Lord, that is you. You have subdued my old nature. You have put down the flesh. You have put down my carnality. Now that I can see you. You reigning. To reveal His Son in me. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Is the putting down of self. That is the dying to self. As Christ died to this world. We die to this world. I am crucified with Christ. Past tense. Because we all died with him. If we be in Christ. And we all were raised with him. If we be in Christ. We all ascend with him. If we be in Christ. We are all glorified together with him. 
what? Countless blessings. That's life. That's life eternal. To know the true God and His Son whom He has sent. That is, that, I don't know how you do comparisons in your mind of what you have in this life. And you can compare it to what the Bible says is life. Maybe it doesn't have any comparison to you. Maybe it's like Paul was and he had all the name and he had all the recognition and he had all the, the stature and he had all the, the power. So he thought he did. And he profited so much. Maybe you and I profit in this world. We do. Where does that profit come from? Who is that profit found in? Can the Lord take all of this stuff away? Absolutely. When it pleases Him. I hope when you walk out of this room today, wherever you go and you get in your car and wherever you go, you know that the rest of your day is in the palm of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is up to His pleasure what He does with you. Will you bring Him glory? Will you testify of His love and His mercy? If you do, it'll be because of Him. It'll be by Him to reveal His Son in me. That's what grace does. It reveals the Son in your life. Nothing moral, not good and bad, Christ. His excellency, His sinlessness, His holiness, His justice, His justification, His sanctification. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's life. Life is in another. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul's got some really good news for us. He reigns in us. He reigns in the church. He lives, He reveals, He's revealed in our soul. To reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen. That was Paul's calling. Paul was called to go out into the heathen nations and preach the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. And Paul did that. Paul said the revelation of Christ in me was to go out and to do what God has called me to do. This brings us all the way back to full circle of how we started this sermon this morning. Who is your authority? By whose authority do you work? Do you live? Do you exist? Do you stand up for Christ? Do you live in the freedom of Christ? Do you walk in the marketplace? Whose authority? I can't answer that for you. Who reigns in your life? I can't answer that for you. That I might preach him among the heathen. When the Lord revealed himself to me to preach him among the heathen, which means as he equipped me to go out into this world and to preach, he did something else that time, at that moment. Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. This goes back to who's your authority. Are you conferring with man to find out what men thinks is the best thing for you to do in your life? Well, I can't act this way. I got to see what so-and-so thinks about this. 
I better consult this book or whatever. This I need to find out what others thought of this. The Lord tells us today, and Paul is telling us by testimony and by the Holy Spirit that we're taught of the Lord. Every one of us in here must hear his voice, must be led of the Spirit of Christ to his voice. To hear his voice. In Romans 6, 6, Paul wrote, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That is immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Why? Because Christ has crucified the flesh. When we are not conferring with flesh and blood, in which we do a lot, I know, we do. We confer with our old nature, what's comfortable to us, what's better for us. The only way to stand and the only way of hope, of glory, is in Christ Jesus. And it's by Him. We can't be rallied up in this life by listening to somebody speak. Yeah, I've known football coaches. I've known all kinds of coaches like that who could talk to guys and make them run through a wall, so to speak. And they'll run through that wall. And you know what? Nothing will touch their soul. We can be coached up by men all in this life to do whatever man says is right. You see it every day on TV. You see it every day in the rioting. There's a leader, there's somebody funding it, they're saying, go do this, and the masses do it. Because they have no authority. Their authority is hell, and they're running as fast as they can to hell. That's us without grace. That's every one of us in here, without Christ in you, the hope of glory. We are all capable of it. That's how nasty, disgusting the fallen nature is. And what it's capable of. But when Christ comes in the soul, the child of God cannot confer with flesh and blood, whether it be a physical man in front of him or whether it be the flesh inside of him. That's what Paul is saying. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We should not. It didn't, Paul didn't say we cannot because we do still serve sin. We do still serve the flesh. We're in dire need of the Lord to crucify it. Every moment. And those carnal thoughts that come in to mortify them, put them down, Lord, and draw all of my imagination and all of my thoughts captive unto Thee, Lord, and stay me, my mind, upon You where perfect peace is. Because I don't have any without that. I have nothing. If I'm left to my carnal thoughts, that's all I have is a carnal plan for my life. And that is death. But eternal life is in Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 8 9, Paul says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the, if so be that the Son of God dwell in you, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That's what we just talked about. It's easily identifiable. And I tell you what, every one of us in this room, if we are born again, if we have been birthed into the new kingdom, 
have a time in our life that we can look back at us, and if everybody would have known us then, they would have told you and me and everyone else our testimony, your testimony would have been, they don't have the Spirit of Christ. Shamefully, there's still times we say that about one another because of this warfare that goes on. But when Christ is reigning, when Christ is seen, when Christ reveals Himself, when the stronger man, Christ, comes and puts down my strong man, my flesh, the devil, whatever is reigning in me, and Christ subdues that, He, He is reigning in the soul. He is my authority. Turn with me over to the only place we'll go back in 1 Corinthians 2 real quick. We'll bring this to a close. Paul already wrote this in the first letter of Corinthians. In verse chapter 2, verse Corinthians 2, starting in 5, and we'll just read that and then go to 12. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's that power he just said. But when it pleased God, He revealed His Son in me. You and I, I pray to God we have many of those days when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. Oh, to do whatever it is He called us to do. Whether it's preaching the gospel now as the Lord's called me to do. I pray to God that He keeps me from flesh and blood. And He reveals to me and reigns in me the true gospel Christ that is to be set forth to his sheep. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Look at verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, that's what we've heard today. Paul said, I've heard the words man's wisdom teaches. And for a long time, I thought that was life. Long time, I, I, I drank those in. I memorized them. I regurgitated them. I called them mine. I laid claim to them that they were mine. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Notice that. He don't compare carnal things. The carnal things are for the world. The carnal things are for the dogs without. The carnal things are for to be consumed with those outside of Christ. But the Holy Spirit reveals to the child of God, Christ. Nothing else. No one else. He is the way, the truth is. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? Who, who would know the mind of the Lord, that we may instruct him? None of us. None of us in ourselves. And then Paul ends with this beautiful sentence. Of the, for the child of God only. The elect child of God only. 
but we have the mind of Christ. Oh, may the Lord impart the mind of Christ to us today. May impart to us the mind of Christ to reveal to us that He is our authority. That He is the reason that this testimony that Paul read, that Paul, not that Paul read, but Paul said, this testimony of the Holy Spirit is our testimony. And we'll leave you with that one more time. Galatians 1, 15 and 16. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately, O oh Lord, make it immediate, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Dear Heavenly Father, may You add Thy power. May you add thy clarity. May you come, Lord, and reveal the mind of thy Son, that we may live and walk unto him as you empower us to do so. To you be all glory, Lord, for great things thou hast done. Reveal thyself, O Lord, for this I ask in Jesus' name.